also put SOPs in place and processes because if you can actually pick up the business and hand it to someone else and it essentially run the exact same way because of the processes you have, chances are your value if you go to exit is significantly higher. Having that kind of efficiencies in place is an absolute game changer. Do you want to learn effective ways to build relationships, generate sales, and grow your business from successful entrepreneurs, startups, and CEOs without listening to a long, long, long interview? If so, you've come to the right place. Gresham Harkness values your time and is ready to share with you precisely the information you're in search of. This is the I Am CEO Podcast. Hello, hello, hello. This is Gresh from the I Am CEO Podcast. I have a very special guest on the show today. I have Andrew Maff of Blue Tusker. Andrew, it's great to have you on the show. What's going on, man? Thanks for having me. Yes, yeah, super excited to have you on. And before we jumped into the great conversation, I want to read a little bit more about Andrew so you can hear about some of the awesome things he's doing. And as a marketing expert with over 15 years of experience in e-commerce, Andrew has not only owned and managed multiple marketing companies in the e-commerce space, but has also worked in-house at multiple online selling companies, driving brands to new heights. With his knowledge of marketing and business strategy, love for staying ahead of the curve, and ability to execute effective marketing solutions, he created Blue Tusker, a team of specialized experts dedicated to the growth and success of e-commerce sellers. Andrew, great to have you on the show. Are you ready to speak to the IMCL community? I loved that. Thank you so much. Yeah, man, let's do it. <laughs> let's make it happen then. So to kind of kick everything off, I wanted to rewind the clock, hear a little bit more on how you got started, what I call your CEO story. Yeah, so I uh, I actually is in high, I think it was in high school, and my father actually acquired a small company that sold like car shocks and suspension and stuff and they weren't online. And he's like, it was back when like the dot com ish bubble was still more or less a thing, I guess. Well, not really, but you get it. And yes. so they brought it online. He was one of the first companies to bring any kind of shock uh, for suspension stuff online. And I always knew I wanted to get into marketing and I don't really remember why, but so I was like, all right, I'll work in your warehouse. If you let me like intern as a marketing uh intern, right? So started there, loved what I was doing. He was actually one of the first companies to be offered to join Amazon besides books. And so to this day, still pick on him for it because he turned it down. Uh, but <laughs> regardless, loved it. Thought it was great. And then got into college. And actually, that was when I first became, you know, I guess you would quote unquote, like a CEO. I actually started my own agency. I was actually in a band and we needed someone that would handle like our marketing and our promotions. I was like, all right, I've done a little bit of this. Let me dig into this. And I ended up doing it. Well, it went really well. So the band did well. I had other bands asking. Then I had venues asking. Then I had tours coming in asking for help. And so after a while, I was like, all right, I'm going to create this agency. And it was relatively structured to music, but I then pivoted it to hospitality and retail. And in retail is where I started to get a little bit more of that e-commerce bug. Then after like a few years of that, I had ended up bringing on a partner and decided we were going to go separate ways. So I had them buy me out, let the agency, let them take it over. And then I was like, All right, I want to go in-house for a little while. So I went in-house um, at uh, at that time. This was probably over the course of like four or five years. I was in-house at two different eight-figure plus uh, e-commerce companies, and I was the only marketer. And so it was really like I was juggling agencies and juggling like, you know, um, contractors and stuff like that. And I was like, you know what, like this can be done better. And it just so happened that one of the companies I was at 
one of the uh, investors was working with me a bunch of times. They're like, look, like what you're doing is great. You've already helped a bunch of other, like I was consulting on a few of their other brands they were working with. And so we actually ended up starting an agency. I was a, a I was a minority partner there um, through, I think it was like three years we had in the company and we exited that to a public company in late 2019. Then in early 2020, I was like, all right, now, now's, you know, now I'm getting back in this, I'm doing this. So in early 2020, started Blue Tusker. And essentially that approach was what I've really started to notice specifically in e-commerce is that the buyer journey is so different. So now that there's Amazon and Walmart and Target and your own website, and there's 500 places that you could buy the same product. So we develop marketing strategies that are what's just referred to as like an omni-channel approach. So basically our marketing allows, you know, targeting people to go to the website or to Amazon or to Walmart. And we become a full service marketing department. So we really are like an outsourced marketing department for our e-commerce sellers and our account managers basically act as like fractional CMOs to a certain extent. And now here I am on this podcast. <laughs> nice. I, I love how everything came full circle. And, 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 and I love how, you know, even the seeds were planted, you know, towards that, uh, that opportunity to, to kind of join Amazon and, and those things and how it kind of just blossomed from there. You know, you, a lot of times you, I always say, if you look back at, you know, a lot of times when you're younger, you can see the seeds of the things that you should be doing. And it sounds yeah. like e-commerce has popped up over and over again. And you guys have just kind of been crushing it from there. That's exactly it. Awesome, awesome, awesome. So I know you touched a little bit upon like how you're working with your clients and how you're serving them. Could you drill down a little bit more to let us know exactly like what that experience looks like? Yeah. So we really try to take a little bit of a different approach. I think that, you know, the one benefit I've had is I was when I was in house, I was on the other side of it. Right. So I had all these agencies I had to juggle. And one of the issues I constantly saw was my SEO agency wasn't talking to my paid ads agency, my paid ad agency had no idea when certain emails would trigger, et cetera. So their retargeting ads weren't lined up correctly. And so it basically became like, while I was doing a lot of the work in-house, I was also spending so much time just managing all these outsourced things and they weren't talking to each other. And a lot of times I also saw so many people complaining about full service agencies, right? Because the theory is that it's a bunch of people who don't know, who know a little bit about a lot, right? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so <laughs> so what I did is I was like, okay, so what I want to develop here is something a little bit different. So what we've actually put into place is kind of like I said, our account managers act as more or less fractional CMOs, but we have what we kind of refer to as just individual agencies in the same roof. So I have a specific team that only does SEO. They don't do anything else. I have someone who's solely in social, solely in um, content, solely on paid advertising, solely on marketplace. So basically I have just a house of specialists and specialist departments. So that way the account manager, when speaking with a client can get an understanding of where the business is at make decisions based on the business goal, not the marketing goals, which I think is a huge mistake that a lot of agencies make. Like, yeah, you're held to certain KPIs and you want to target certain things, but you really should know what their real goal is because it's always, they're going to say one thing, but they mean another. And then with that, the account manager oversees the strategy and makes sure everyone is talking to each other because they're all internal. So it makes life a lot easier when we come back to a client, we go, look, like all of them are talking together here. They meet them all. They're all here. They're all stateside, which is always a question as well. Everyone's pretty much like East Coast, Central time-ish, but we're all remote. We're all over the place. So we always hop on these video chats and stuff like that. And really the, the approach is to 
embed ourselves as their marketing department. And if if you were to hire a bunch of these types of people to work for you, you would want to know who they are. You'd want constant updates from them. You'd want to be able to easily chat with them. You'd want to have recurring updates. So, you know, we always have our recurring calls. We have shared Slack channels with all of our clients. They can reach anyone who's involved in their account whenever they want. It really becomes a, hey, here's your team. And then we get started based on the strategy that we put into place. Nice. I absolutely love that. And it kind of sounds like it even is as part of, you know, the secret sauce, the thing you feel kind of sets you all apart and it makes you unique. But I love that word that you use embedded in, in the CMO aspect, because like you have, it sounds like the, the you know, the, the specialized knowledge within those agencies that are within the larger agency, but you still get that um, like you said, somebody that's actually making decisions based off the greater goal for the business, not just trying to hit whatever KPIs may not actually align with that, but you get to make those strategic decisions and have the trust of the agency to do that. Yeah, exactly. And in e-commerce, like there's so many different assets and and like not assets, but like different attributes that you got to think about, which is, you know, inventory for a certain product line versus another. Is there enough for us to be able to do that? Or, you know, uh, they have um, like, you know, the past couple of years has been product uh, supply chain issues. So like, okay, maybe we want to slow down on some of the marketing. So there's a lot more higher level conversations that need to be had in order to actually put an actual strategy into place. Because most agencies, respectfully, they'll come in, they'll be like, here's the strategy we always put into place for this. And it's relatively templated. But if you were to hire a marketing team and they were all in-house, you wouldn't temp- they wouldn't template anything. They would start to build it. So we do have like, you know, reporting that we start with and certain structures of folders and like shared drives and all that that we start with. But none of after we work with a client for three or four months, none of them look the same. And it really comes down to just mapping out. We got a map out process, which becomes a different discussion. But like that's kind of like where I'm trying to adjust the overall like theory behind full service doesn't necessarily mean that we're all generalists. It's really more of a, here's your team. Now let's, you know, focus on how you want that business to be run. Awesome. 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 Well, definitely appreciate that. And I wanted to uh, switch gears a little bit and I wanted to ask you for what I call a CEO hack. So this could be like an app, a book or a habit that you have, but what's something that makes you more effective and efficient? I really think that it comes down to the person. I think that, you know, because I'm the same way, right? Like I'll listen to podcasts, I'll read books, I'll chat with people on LinkedIn or whatever, but everyone's motivation and everyone's like thing that keeps them driving is completely different. So I have my own podcast and I chat with e-commerce sellers all the time. And I ask a very similar question. It's a little bit more around like what motivates you to keep going. I don't know if I've ever had anyone give me the exact same answer as someone else. It's all completely different. In my eyes, I've started to really notice a, um, uh, I guess a trend in just in my general health. Like if I'm eating better and I'm working out, oddly enough, like my pipeline also tends to look better around that same time. And my clients are generally happier. And if I'm like kind of getting stressed out and I start eating like crap and I'm not like getting to the gym as much as I can, all of a sudden I swear my pipe, I, there's no way that it's accurate, but I swear my pipeline gets smaller. My clients get pissed and I'm like, all right, I guess I got to get back in the gym. So like to me, it's just taking care of myself and trying to, you know, just stay in a lighter mood is is what's helping. And then the clear and obvious thing, at least to me, celebrate the small wins. So many times I forget to look back like, you know, six months to 12 months ago. And if I look 12 months ago, like we've almost doubled since last year. So 
when I sit here and I'm in a panic and I'm like, this isn't working. Why isn't this working? We should be doing this, blah, blah. I go, yeah, but six months ago, I would have killed to be where I am right now. So it's kind of take it with a grain of salt and don't forget where you started. Awesome. 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 So what would you consider to be what I like to call a CEO nugget? So this might be a little bit more word of wisdom or piece of advice, something you might say or heard or learn from your podcast or something you might tell your favorite client, or if you hopped into a time machine, you might tell your younger business self. Oh man. Um, at least for us from an agency perspective, it's process. Like hammer out your process, find yourself a, you know, a good project management system, spend the time or even have someone on staff whose full job is to just focus on process. Obviously in an agency, it's very clear cut. Like we need to be efficient while still putting out good work, but I don't care that it's an agency. Every business needs to be that way. So like having a project management system and actually like clarifying, developing SOPs, because that's another thing where I've seen a lot of um, sellers we've worked with, like, Hey, if you actually, for them, you know, we always tell them like build an audience you know, have a big community, but also put SOPs in place and processes. Because if you can actually pick up the business and hand it to someone else, and it essentially run the exact same way because of the processes you have, chances are your value, if you go to exit, is significantly higher because now there's no training. You don't have to have anyone in there overseeing anything. You've got a big community to work with. So like, it's to me like having that kind of efficiencies in place is an absolute game changer. So I think documenting everything you do down to a T so that you could give it to someone who's never worked for you in their life and they could still do it is absolutely a game changer. Absolutely. Appreciate that. So now I wanted to ask you my absolute favorite question, which is the definition of what it means to be a CEO. We're hoping to have different quote unquote CEOs on this show. So Andrew, what does being a CEO mean to you? To me, a CEO's job is to just guide and actually just put put the right things in place and then be able to you're like a conductor right like you're you're constantly conducting hopefully once you get to a certain point you're not actually also playing the instruments but ideally you're conducting and trying to make this beautiful orchestra as time goes on and you know there's and there's the cons of it which is like one of the things that I you know even had at um uh, when I had the agency in college, I never really realized this until the past like several years. But the thing that I think a lot of CEOs don't discuss is it's mentally taxing because you can't really confide in your significant other because if they're not in the same page, they're going to be like, well, if it's so stressful and it's not working out, why don't you just quit and get a real job? <laughs> you can't really confide in your employees because you don't want to tell them, like you don't want them to think that something's wrong if you're just having an off day. You can't confide in your clients because of the exact same reason they'll start to leave you. More or less, you can't really confide in your friends and family because if things are going well, they're going to start asking you for money. So it's you're on your own little island at all times. And it's so frustrating at certain points because you hit a wall and you're like, I don't know who to talk to about this because I want to talk it out, but I can't talk to anyone. And then you think about getting a partner and I don't, I don't advise doing that. So, <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's where, you know, the beauty lies in that as much as you're guiding, you know, the people on the team, you're guiding the clients, you're guiding, you know, if you have investors or whatever it might be, you end up being the conductor and seeing all those things kind of come to fruition and make that beautiful music. A conductor on an island. There <laughs> <laughs> you go. Exactly. <laughs> I love it. That, that's definitely a t-shirt <laughs> or a bumper sticker. So we, we should go with that. <laughs> well, 
Andrew, we'll truly, <laughs> yes, <laughs> I appreciate that definition. And of course, appreciate your time even more. So what I want to do now is pass you the mic, so to speak, just to see if there's anything additional that you can let our readers and listeners know. And of course, how best people can get a hold of you, find about all the awesome things you and your team are working on. And of course, listen to your podcast as well. BlueTusker.com, uh, no E in Tusker. Uh, and then uh, you can always just shoot me an email. I love answering questions and stuff. It's like my favorite thing to do. So just Andrew at Blue Tusker, go for it. And then all of our social is at Blue Tusker, all my socials at Andrew Math, the Ecom Show podcast. If you're an e-commerce seller and you want to tune in, have at it. Uh, if not, that's the easiest way to get a hold of us. Make it even easier. We're definitely going to have the links and information in the show notes so that everybody can follow up with you, subscribe to the podcast. And I hope you have a phenomenal rest of the day. Thank you for listening to the I Am CEO podcast powered by CB Nation and Blue 16 Media. Tune in next time and visit us at imceo.co. I am CEO is not just a phrase, it's a community. Check out the latest and greatest apps, books, and habits to level up your business at ceohacks.co. This has been the I am CEO podcast with Gresham Harkless Jr. Thank you for listening.